0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Mac and Fourth Show. My name's Carl Madden, and we're here once again to talk about the week's Apple and tech-related news. And joining me, as always, Mister Bargain Hunter himself, Alan Vickers. <laughs> How are you?
1: Hello, Carl. Well, I have been better. I'm, I'm actually. We'll talk about it later when I've calmed down. But I'm fuming with Apple at the moment. Absolutely oh, oh, oh. steaming at them. So, yeah, I'll calm down and uh, tell you about it later. (laughs) But apart from that, I'm all right. Right. Oh, that's good then. (laughs) At least you are got to
0: keep the energy up. Keep the energy up. Anyways, also joining us this week once again, Dean Murphy. How are you,
2: sir? Yep, I'm doing absolutely great. I've got a little bit of a cold, but other than that, I'm relatively (laughs) (laughs) bug-free.
0: You've just got the one. (laughs) I've just got the one bug, yeah. And you can't solve it by rebooting. No, no. No. Now, I did hear, though, However, you have put fingers to keyboard and reached out to someone.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, I um, every week on this show, I I think it feels like we talk about the delayed Amazon Apple TV app for Amazon Video. In our text message thread that we've got going on, in our iMessage thread, we keep talking about when's the Amazon Video app coming out for Apple TV. So I thought I'd email my buddy Jeff at uh, Amazon, um, Jeff Bezos, and ask, when's it coming out? Uh, so I said, hey, Jeff, when's it coming out? I'd like to know. Thank you. And then um, I got an email from the executive team at Amazon. Um, So I read a little bit of the email. Hi, I'm Steve from Amazon's tech support executive customer relations team. See,
0: you're already on first name terms. This is fantastic.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jeff Bezos has received your email. I'm responding on his behalf. The Prime Video for Apple TV will be coming soon. However, we don't have any specific date to share at the moment. Um, as soon as we're ready to find this, you can find this information. As soon as we're ready to provide this, you'll find this information on our website. So, coming soon. Hopefully, before 2018 comes. I'm not too sure. <laughs> be a nice Christmas Day gift. <laughs> come down, Apple. Uh, come down, uh, you know, downstairs Christmas Day and Apple. Amazon TVs on my Apple TV. That'll be a nice. Uh...
1: Well, it's the um, the big Christmas embargo at Apple's end, isn't there? So if they don't get it in before that, then they get <laughs> anything.
2: Oh, oh yeah, the App Store shuts for a, for a week. I think yeah, a week or two. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that was a good reply. I, I thought I took a lot of
1: encouragement from that reply because you know, odds on, you'd, you'd have thought they wouldn't even have bothered to reply to an email like that and we'd all be left guessing. Or, worse case we scenario... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, they've confirmed they do intend to still do it. I mean, worst case is that they might have backed out of the whole thing. It might have all gone sour. But this seems to say, no, no, it's coming, don't worry. So I thought that was good. Yep, coming soon. Well, there's a
0: rumour... There was a rumour, of course, I think it originated from Reddit again, so you have to take in take that, whatever you will, uh, that um, new reports are circulating that a long-awaited Amazon Prime video app for the Apple TV is being evaluated currently by Amazon employees. Um, I think we need to start a damn bloody clock count on this <laughs> damn app. I've never, I don't think I've ever waited for anything for so long. <laughs> it's, it's, we need to get, like, what they, I think I have it in Times Square. Don't they have the deficit number? Constantly shooting up on some big display. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, I do. Just- <laughs> we should have that. But- <laughs> do a little crowdfunder <laughs> and hire out uh, Peter Lee Circus. That's it. <laughs> how, long, how long has the Amazon Prime video app for Apple TV not been released? <laughs> 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 It'd be like the 24-hour clock from the show. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, we live in hope. Oh, well, um... Well, it hasn't been a very good week for... Oh, sorry, you just going to say something, Dean? I
2: was going to say, uh, apart from that, I also um, ordered off of Amazon a Qi charger for my iPhone X. So I'll um, it just now, strangely <laughs> enough. Oh, nice. Um, I've actually got it here in front of me um, on my desk. It's I forget the name of it. I'll, the link will be in the show note, but it's got kind of like a stand, so it's like raised up. Um, the main goal of it is to be just plugged into my laptop so it charges from my laptop, and it's there for development. Because with um, Xcode now, you can you don't need to plug your phone in to actually do the development on the phone. You can just do it mm. wirelessly. So it's nice and easy to have a phone there looking at me. It's standing up. I can tap at it. It unlocks straight away because it can see my face. And I can just pick it up and put it down. And it's always charging and always, yeah, always charging and always available to hand without mm. having to mess with cable. So it's really nice use case for this situation. I did also order a Qi charger phone mount for my car because I have to oh, use Really? It yeah um i have to use the aux port to plug on a lightning port to plug into the orcs of my stereo to play music or to play satnav and siri and whatnot and because there's um no headphone jack i mm-hmm. can't charge my g charge and use that at the same time and a gps when i'm using satnav, drains a lot of battery so i thought well, i can mi- migrate that by getting a uh Qi charging phone mount but it got lost in transit <laughs> oh. apparently it was delivered to me on tuesday night and i've Spoke to Amazon a few times, they've said they'll just refund it and I have to order it again, so I'll hmm. give that a Yeah, they're point. pretty good at that.
1: Do you have yeah. to put your phone in sideways then, landscape or upside down, so you can still get access to the lightning port, or is it like a hole in the bottom of it?
2: Oh, no, there's a hole in the bottom of it, from what I can tell in I the think. photos, and you can um, rotate it 360 degrees, so you can have it landscape or portrait, which I do with my current one at the moment. I've got hmm. a very cheap £5 down the market one where you can just it just looks into the uh, air vents, and this one was pretty much the same. But with Qi charging, and that was about twenty-five pound, I think. This one that I got at my desk is about seventeen pound, so it's not too bad for uh, for um, these charging accessories.
1: Yeah, I've got no uh, no 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 need for uh, wireless charging, as you know. I've only got a six but I did get a good um, stand for my car the other day. Uh, well, the other week actually, it's one of them ones that screws into your CD slot on your on your audio player. I used to use the. The uh, air vent one, and I used to have a magnetic one that, or a sticky one, on my dashboard. But they both used to be very unstable. Whereas this one, it slips in to your CD slot, and it's got these little grips that go up and down. and You turn a little screw, and they press against the upper case and the, the lower case of the CD slot, it holds it absolutely rock steady. It's perfect, and it's right in the centre of the console as well. So it's like the best in-car stand I've ever had. I still have to plug in my lightning cable, obviously, but um, yeah, it's, it's a really secure stand.
0: Oh, no, that's, that's good. Yeah, they're good those things. So, so that obviously left you um, happy, Alan. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) but then (laughs) so so let's get into your woes when did your woes begin this week um before they began for Well, this this very
1: morning actually this morning oh this morning yeah when i woke up um well i need to go back a little bit a couple of days ago I gave away my um, iPad Air 2 to a family member, a bigger, big iPad Air 2, 9.7 inches. And in return, they sw- I swapped it basically for an old um, iPad Mini 2, which they gave me back. And uh, so it hasn't got Touch ID or anything like that, but it's good enough. And I figured I could keep it in my jacket pocket and I'd have an iPad with me wherever I go. So nice and handy. So anyway, a couple of days ago, I reset it to factory settings and restored it from my iPad uh, Pro 10.5. Backup, back you know, and it takes ages because it's a uh, they're both 128 gig devices and they're full of stuff, full of loads of apps, loads of content. So it was taking ages, it literally. Nearly, nearly forty-eight hours it had been restoring this iPad Mini. I've been using it as well at the same time, but it, it was getting there, and I was nearly at the end. I woke up this morning, powered it on, and um, within about ten seconds, it crashed—a little circle, spinning circle of death—and it went back to Springboard. Oh, that's weird. Uh, what's happening there? So I tried using it again, same thing. But every every five minutes or so, it would just crash to Springboard, and I thought, "Oh, I'm going to have to research this." So I got my iPad Pro out, fired that up, and uh, started some searching around on um, Safari. Five minutes later, it crashed to the springboard. I thought, oh, what? oh, What's happening? So my thoughts were all about, you know, well, there's some there's some clash now. They both think they're the same device on my network. Maybe there's an IP uh, address clash, or maybe my iCloud account has got confused and it thinks it's the same device or something like that. So I was re- um, restarting my router, digging into my router. I restarted both devices multiple times. And it was hard to even get to that stage, because by the time I got settings up and got to the, reset, the restart, um, buttons and so on it would crash again back to springboard and I had to log back in again and especially the little mini with no touch id everything was long long-winded you know long password to get in and long password for um uh, one password to get access to my secure passwords and so on it was a, you know, a real mess and in the end i thought something's gone badly wrong here i hope it hasn't really screwed up my my um, iCard account but i'm gonna have to just reset this mac mini completely and start from a brand new state so i took that big step of erase all settings erase all content and settings and uh so it turned itself off and it went Went back to blank, and then I went back to my iPad Pro again to see if that was still crashing, thinking it might now be better. And it was still crashing. But in between crashes, I went onto um, our little message board. I think it was Dean that posted said, "If you're seeing crashes on 2nd of December, have a look at this iMore article." <laughs> so, I thought, oh damn, it wasn't there when I looked earlier. So I logged on, and of course, it's this like worldwide problem, apparently. There's some, some bug again that Apple has somehow uh, caused to happen, which means for today, which coincidentally is the day 11.2 is released, so I'm sure that's connected somehow. They've oh. somehow messed up the release of 11.2, I think. But it's causing anyone who's got an iPad or an iPhone that has an app on it that does local notifications of some sort, it's causing it to crash back to Springboard. Apparently, these notifications are just going around a loop and consuming all the memory that's available to them and then crashing out to Springboard. So what a, what a bad set of, of coincidences that was. Like, the day after I set up a brand new iPad, from, backed up from the other one, so they were there working side by side on my network. Totally irrelevant, all of that. It's just another bug, another bug from Apple that's now caused me to have another 48 hours ahead of me restoring this damn iPad again. Oh. So I'm really annoyed. Uh, have you seen it? Has any of your machines been crashing today?
0: No, not one. <laughs> i I've just I literally woke up. Sorry, dude. I, I hate to say this. It's never these never seemed to affect me. I don't know why I'm so lucky. I woke up, I, I did a bit of research for the show, obviously. I was trying to find any additional stories. Uh so I was on my phone, my iPad, um for a few hours, not one not one crash. I did read about the stories and I'm thinking, well, I was doing it. Perhaps I didn't have any local notifications set up, maybe yeah. that was that was the issue. And uh but then um after about a few minutes reading, I noticed that 11.2 is out and so I just updated to that anyway and I've not experienced anything since. So so my phone is now running 11.2 and I haven't updated my iPad as yet Mm. but I will after the show. So hopefully that would have fixed it and not introduced. In fact, I posted on Facebook group 11.2 is up for update now if you're feeling lucky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Apparently (laughs) 11.2 does fix it and I can can testify to that now. Both my machines are now on 11.2 and they don't crash anymore. So... That's all it took. But yeah. uh, there'll be millions of people across the world wondering why their, their Apple devices are so unreliable today.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one of the problems. That's, that's that's an issue. If it's a, a wide-ranging bug, and it affects a lot of people. I mean, we know, because we've been through these things before, mm. we know that eventually something will come along to fix it. But if you're just a, an average user whose phone's just a phone to you, it's not a computing device. You might think, "What the hell's wrong, yeah, <laughs> wrong yeah. with this thing?" And you don't necessarily know. You have to head out to the likes of iMore or Apple Insider, or God knows where else, to find yeah. how to fix this thing, or even just to disable your notifications.
1: Yeah, you're just as far as you're concerned. Your device is no
0: longer working.
1: Well, I didn't even notice the notifications coming in. They would, but what it was, I think, um I was playing some music on um, the Alexa, uh, and it, every time I do that, I. Use ifttt to uh, record what has been played and puts it into a Google sheet. So I've got this record of every track I've ever played on on the um, the Echo Machines in this spreadsheet on Google Sheets. But I, at the time, I never you, you geek. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know why I do it really, but it's interesting to see. But um. I forgot to turn off the local notifications for it, so every time a, a track does get played, I get this notification appear at the top of my iPad, and I didn't notice the correlation. But that was what it was. That's why it was sometimes three minutes, sometimes four or five minutes. Every time a new track started, basically my iPads would crash.
0: <laughs> oh dear, dude! Well, it, it's it's not been a good week for Apple, I got to say, on, on the bug front. So let's just let's just go through the week, shall we? Cause <laughs> because <laughs> I think they're going to want to lift this one down somehow. So it started off pretty much at the start of the week where someone called Lemmy off of Urgin of, of tweeted to Apple that they had discovered a zero-day exploit in High Sierra which used which a user could use could bypass the usual login procedure simply by logging in a root or logging in as root with a blank password and after a few key presses return presses it will let you in because it would just bypass because the route is normally disabled on max, unless you do it yourself. And, uh, it's normally not accessible, but there was a, there was a bug there. Um, Apple, dear Apple support, we noticed a huge security issue at macOS High Sierra. Anyone can log in as root with empty password after clicking on login button several times. Are you aware of this, Apple? (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as he released this tweet, the world went mad. Well, the Apple world went mad. Everybody suddenly discovered this exploit was was there and people could use it. And uh, fortunately, it didn't take long before Apple responded. There is a way or 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 various users responded there is a way to to block this and get in and change a root password temporarily so no one could just get in using blank and apple did respond fairly quickly within 24 hours they pushed out an update they apologized profusely mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on their on their notification board and uh, it looked like everything was fine unfortunately <laughs> someone then noticed that the update stopped file sharing working on some Mac. So Apple had to then post a fix to how to address that. But and uh, but by now also even if you didn't update manually uh, the, the automated process would have probably have installed this update for you anyway now. So you should have been safe. However, <laughs> if you wasn't on the latest version of High Sierra and you then updated to the latest version of High Sierra after applying the fix, it would then unfix it again so you'd have to apply the fix again
2: but <laughs> <Like>, what <laughs> it's
1: and, uh, just uh, a dog's dinner isn't it a complete dog's dinner
0: <laughs> i mean so obviously the, the the bug was in the update as well which was pushed out, and they haven't addressed that. They've just fixed a. They've pushed out a patch, and and not gone into the the update file as yet. But I'm am sure they're going to get round to that. I hope because there's still loads of people not on High at this point in time. So, uh, <laughs> or not the latest version of High I should say. But yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It really does. All those, all those people have been saying for a very long time. Apple have taken their eyes off the ball here. Mm. It kind of does add a lot of credence to their to their argument. I mean, I know it's just a series of events, unfortunately, all stacked on top of each other. But it does does give them more ammunition.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny though. This this um, bug. I mean, if someone were to to in a, invoke this this uh, vulnerability, then the consequences are massive because you just got root privileges. and You can do what the hell you like yep. on whoever's machine it is that you've broken into. But it's interesting that it's, it's not actually likely to be exploited on any normal user's machine, is it? Because you've either got to have physical access to... The, well, you've got to have physical access to the machine and for it to be open in someone's account. So if someone like, walks away to make a cup of tea and they leave their screen open with all their apps showing, someone could nip in and, and exploit this bug and get in as root and perhaps then exploit it later. Um, or if they've got VNC or something like that, yeah, for, to have some sort of remote access uh, into the machine, then someone could get in that way as well, apparently, which is a bit more of a serious issue. But for most ordinary home users... No one is going to come in and and uh, and exploit this this bug. I suppose someone in a large office or someone like that. Yeah, that's a dangerous yeah. environment. But for the likes of us, it's not really a, a big issue. No, I know. It's I,
0: I know. I I understand what you're saying there. But the <laughs> the point is, if it, it's only because Apple have been so bulletproof kind of on their security mm-hmm. that it just seems like such a glaring mistake. And the problem I, I I've seen some people go in. and and try and dig through the code and see what happened. It does look like a programming error Mm -hmm. rather than anything malicious. So it is just someone made a different a, a small mistake where they didn't zero out something. Apparently, I'm, I'm not quite sure. It's all about Unix, and that's well mm. beyond my pay grade. <laughs> so so it, it does look like a simple mistake, but and because it was uh, an instance where if you push it the first time, it doesn't work, but if you keep pressing the return button, eventually it lets you in.
1: Yeah, the second time it lets you in. Yeah, because about yeah. the, the first time you try it, the first time you get to somewhere where you're allowed to put in a username and password. You 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 put in root as the username. And then you leave blank as the password. And that first attempt will fail. But the, the bug is mm. that a side effect of that failure is that it now enables the root account, which has previously been disabled. Yep. So the second time you try, it gets in because not only is it an enabled root account, but it, it's got no password either. So it's always twice. Try it twice and you get in second time. I mean, Apple has always disabled this uh, this root account. It's not supposed to be accessible to anyone unless someone deliberately wants to go in and, and enable it for themselves in terminal or something like that. But no one needs to do that because the, the ordinary admin account's that you can set up give you all the privileges you're going to need as, as an admin of your own machine but uh, yeah so a subtle little error but one you're right this should have been picked up by all the qa and testing processes that should go on inside apple before software releases this should have been picked up
0: so with all the talk about high sierra supposedly being the snow leopard release of the current operating system where it was meant to fix bugs tighten down hatches you know make everything bulletproof mm-hmm. oh, oh do we need do we need Mac OS to be updated every year is there any need I mean considering really apart from the the new file system that only new SSD owners really have access to are we do we really need os's Mac OS is updated every year are, are they are they like paying enough attention throughout the year do we feel? For what they're doing, I mean, I mean, I know it's a hangover from the old days where it used to be like Windows ninety five, Windows ninety. It felt like you had to keep up to date. Mm. But why couldn't they just keep pushing out like I know they're point dot they're uh, dot releases anyway? But why can't we press out double dot releases?
1: I mean, why do we need the trouble? Is I mean, there's so much interdependence now, isn't there, between yes. macOS and yeah. iOS that they've got to keep the two in step. There's no, there's no alternative but now.
0: But what I'm saying is, they don't. Why do they need to feel that they have to do a major release? I mean, they could just, as they're developing it on iOS, they could, should have subsystems go out to, to Mac OS. But does that need a massive point? I mean, do we need, you know, when they come on stage and they introduce this is what's in Mac OS and everyone goes, well, it's nothing new there, do we need to push that number on or just keep going, okay, this is a 10 point, what we'll be up to? <laughs> I've no idea now. 10.11, is it? 12?
1: 12, isn't it? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 10.12.2, 10.12.4, you know, whatever. Um, just keep up adding on the bits as, as they come out. Does macOS need to be constantly updated yearly where they seem to rewrite massive areas of code? And then there's always there's always bugs exposed because unlike iOS, macOS has to be rock stable. I think I think for hmm. most people because this is although yeah. well, we go on about the you know how many people use iOS devices, still people who rely on on Macs to make the money is invariably a desktop or a laptop.
1: Yeah, so you and don't, they you, should you, be you stable. You, they should be dependable. You don't just mean like a name change. You mean actually just every few months dribble out a small point fix and keep keep yeah. on putting out the point fixes not saving stuff up for a massive annual release yeah,
0: yeah I see I, it, just, it just I don't see see I did hear it somewhere else and I, I am I, I am beginning to to feel that way why do we need macOS to update every single year I mean it, back in the old days I don't remember it being like that I remember okay I can only refer back to Windows at the time we went from Windows 95 to Windows 98 to XP a few years later there was no need to do it yearly but, but now they seem to be on this thing like every WWDC, here's the four pillars, here's the f- operating platforms or whatever, and it goes iOS, macOS, and they bring out, and everyone says, normally invariably at the time, well, it was nothing interested in macOS. Well, if that's the case, just keep developing it behind the scenes <laughs> until you have something massive that you need to add on that you have to upgrade everything for.
2: Well, there's nothing directly user-facing that was interesting in macOS High Sierra, but there was a lot behind the scenes for developers, such as... I don't know, new codecs, metal Two, the VR yeah. stuff. Um, there was a lot of, and that's, that's, I guess why they do the, the yearly releases because they have the, the developer conference. They add all the new stuff for developers to play with. And then a few months later it comes out.
0: But I, uh, What I'm saying, what I'm saying is the, uh, it's, it's, could be a, a, a misinterpretation of, but when you bring out a new number, a yeah. macOS version number, people think this version is going to be better than the last version.
2: Yeah. Oh, and, yeah.
0: And and see, by, by doing that, you're instantly setting people up to thinking, well, this version's now rubbish because it's got so many more bugs which are always reported initially straight away because they should be. And it, it constantly look it instantly looks bad compared to the old version. Whereas if they just added another point number to the end of it, people are not seeing it as a new version. They're just seeing it as a continuous update update cycle you see what i mean
2: yeah that's saying the that they've yeah they've completely marketed it as as, as they marketed a uh, snow leopard you know it's not got much in it but it's gonna make things better and it obviously hasn't and this is gonna i think high Sierra is gonna haunt them for a few years to come as being that update <laughs> mm. that the um you know it's ruined some good faith you know the people has been like, uh, you know, their faith has been dampened by this. They're not going to be so keen to update to the next update next year. Straight away, they're going to leave it for a few months, see what the bugs are, see what all the exploits are. I won't. I'll <laughs> still jump in straight away. Oh, I'll be on beta one straight away. I'm not, um, well, but I can see why people would, would hold back. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's-
0: people have been bitten, definitely will hold yeah. back.
2: Yeah. Luckily, it doesn't seem like anyone's really been affected by... By this like no one as, no but
0: it's the echo chamber isn't it it's, the, it's definitely the it. echo chamber we live in because we all read because of what we do here we all read various mm. tech blogs and they all report the same story ad nauseum. so it appears to us like it's a massive massive problem I'm not sure apart from my, my, my stepdad when he goes I, I said to him are you on High Sierra yet because I was going to tell him about the fix he goes no no but I, I did hear about it on the news this morning that's mm-hmm. really pretty bad I'm thinking what <laughs> when did that happen <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah I like to say I, I, I think we are more aware of it because of what we do and the interest that we show in this field but I, 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 don't, I don't know it's, it's just I mean, it's not enough to affect me to go want to go back to windows put it that way but it's a worrying trend that's all i'm going to say
1: yeah in, yeah. in between the time it was uh, sort of discovered and then apple putting out their mandatory fix there was about a day, wasn't there? A little bit more than a day, but during that time, people like uh, or organisations like iMore and others were doing their best to publicise it in good faith, really, because mm. they were try- they w- weren't aware Apple were going to get a fix out so quickly. So they were telling the world, you know, this is really serious. Get this, get this fixed by going in yourself yep. and enabling root and setting a complex password on root. Um, and then, you know, a day later, it became irrelevant because Apple had put out a patch anyway. Um, but yeah, certainly got some coverage during that day. That's
0: it. By the way, if you had already done that before this was discovered. Uh, and then you apply the update, that then resets your root thing to be inaccessible again. So you'd yeah. have to go and do that yourself again if you wanted to. Yeah. If you, if it's part of, if, if chances are you'd know that already if, if you were doing that in the first place, <laughs> I would imagine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, uh, we're lucky that Apple had iOS 11.2 ready to push out the door this morning. Yes. <laughs> because, um, last night I got the 11.2, um, Beta 6, which unusually was, not unusually, but it was unusually big. It was like two to three gigabytes, which means that's the GM version because the other versions were like a few hundred and the last one was 50, Beta 5 was 50 megabytes. So last night they pushed out the GM version to developers. I don't say it's a GM version on the point updates, but you can tell it is. And then a few hours later, they just had to push the main version out to everyone to avoid this or to best uh, mitigate the events of uh, this December 2nd bug. So luckily they didn't have any... Engineers up all night trying to release a hot fix, like they did on uh, uh, for this root bug. Yeah,
1: yeah, because it's very unusual, isn't it, for an iOS update to come out on a Saturday morning or
2: Saturday yeah. night? Yeah, yeah, especially hours after the developer one as well.
0: Yeah. I thought I'd read. I started reading the stories, and I thought, ah, someone's put the wrong date in their CMS here, <laughs> <laughs> a content content management system. <laughs> this is meant to be published Monday, I bet, and they put the wrong date in. <laughs> oh, it is out. <laughs> But, yeah. Oh, well. Worrying... Well, not... Are they worrying times? Are you worried, Alan?
1: Has has your confidence been shaken? I'm not worried. I'm annoyed. That's what I am. Because this one this morning, it affected me big time. I thought I had serious problems with two iPads clashing with each other, and... uh, so much so that I've undone 48 hours worth of updating and I'm going to have to do another 48 oh, right. hours of updating so I'm just annoyed and I can I Im- have to send texts to my mum and dad I think because they won't know what's happening if this starts going right. on on their devices so a lot of confusion all over the world I think
0: Well, is didn't you didn't you have a boring weekend ahead of you
1: anyway <laughs> it's going to be more boring now isn't it boring and annoying
2: <laughs> yeah i'd um i'm not Personally, angry by this because it hasn't really affected me as much as it affected Alan. I probably would be very angry if I had to reset several devices in my house and and go through all that that trouble. But um I find it quite good that even though these mistakes have happened, there have been very quick fixes to them. Um, the way Apple's responded to it has been really good, so I can't fault them there. So even though stuff, you know, bad stuff happens, but they can get a fix out within twenty four hours or with this iOS stuff within a few hours.
0: Indeed. Indeed. I don't don't want to shoot the messenger, but I I think they could have been notified slightly better (laughs) in a slightly better way as well, but... (laughs) <laughs> Again. I mean, if if they'd, if they'd gone through the usual channels, chances are they would have pushed a fix and none of us have been the wise and it all would, would have come out after it happened. And there'd be some outrage, but not the kind of gnashing of teeth of what we got
2: yeah. currently. I don't think anyone, if it was reported through the proper channels, through the Apple security disclosure email address or whatever, uh, no one would have cared. You know, there's stuff reported out every day. There's, there's fixes for that in like pretty much every update. No one really cares about, it's not newsworthy that, you know, a bug has been found, but because it's been, it was reported in such a public way that's quite damaging. Mm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Still at least it did let us all for a little time log in as I am root. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Uh, well, Paul, let's, let's turn our attention to Google for a little while, just to throw the spotlight off Apple. <laughs> uh, Google could be forced to pay over 5 million iPhone users £2.7 billion in compensation it is, as it is accused of selling their data without their consent. A new consumer campaign called Google, Google You Owe Us is launching a class action against the web giant. Lloyd, uh, Richard Lloyd, former formerly of which, uh, is an executive director and government advisor, is spearheading this action. If successful, the case could be the biggest compensation bill ever paid to British consumers over improper use of data. Between June 2011 and February 2012, it is alleged that Google unlawfully harvested the personal information of millions of people in the UK by, by- bypassing the default privacy settings on the Apple iPhone. Mr. Lloyd and legal experts believe this was against the law because it breached section 4 of the data protection act 1998 under section 13 of the act individuals can claim compensation for breach of this very act so we might get in a but might be getting a payout guys <laughs> i can't tell from this like who, who is going to be eligible for this are we are we eligible? anyone anyone that used safari apparently in that time oh, well wow. <laughs> this is on their um, phone
1: £2.7 billion shared between 5 million people is £540 each. That's fantastic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I didn't even know we could do class actions in this country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But I'll well, be interested. I don't think we're going to get a penny of this, personally, because uh, I don't even know how a class action works. In this country, as I say,
2: it makes lawyers happy. I know that much i'm sure it does. <laughs> i got a
1: few uh, a few pence back from i don 't know if it was Apple or Amazon once, but over that whole book thing and Did that you have- just yeah that just came unsolicited. It was like it credited to my account. It must have been from Apple actually it just added to my yeah. uh, my apple account mm.
0: so you you got pennies what do you think the lawyers got uh, yeah <laughs> this is um so this is when Google, back in the day, you remember when they worked out that pass, they figured out that workaround so they could get through to Safari and actually see where you were going? It was it was a story a couple of years ago, well, quite a few years ago, actually.
1: Do anyone remember that? Oh, when they were harvesting the information about which cell sites yeah. you were near, that one.
0: Mm. Uh, No, I think it was um, what sites you went to and things like this. It it allowed personal data from the iPhone's default browser, iSafari, and they could could scrape the information. Now, I'm not quite sure. It doesn't really go, and it's too far away now in my conscious (laughs) recollection to actually remember what they were doing, but it was a big hoo-ha at the time. And and then there was a, there was a fix pull out, pull out so they couldn't do it anymore. And then Google said, well, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm. But uh, it was a big story back in the day. But yeah, so it's taken all this time to come to fruition. But apparently, they're going <laughs> to... Now, I don't know how you sign up, because you're meant to sign up for a class action, aren't you? You're meant to be part of a consortium, <laughs> so to speak. But well, I don't know. But uh, sure mind you, put... £2.7 billion do- pounds to Google probably still isn't that much. I mean, how much does the European Union want of them? <laughs> Some god-awful amount, isn't it?
2: We'll probably start getting phone calls like we do with the PPI and insurance. (laughs) (laughs) If you (laughs) you use an iPhone in 2012, call (laughs) us now for your claim. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Hi, this is Google, you owe us. Did you use your Fafari? Oh uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, actually couldn't we just ask Google, did
1: I use your service baggage? <laughs> <laughs> how come it's only five million iPhone users as well? I mean, how many how many iPhones must there be in Britain?
0: Well, this is back in twenty eleven. Ah. So I don't know. It must uh, probably quite a few back then. I don't know.
1: Wasn't it wasn't that when did I get
0: mine? I was on the three, free G. Can't remember now. Oh well. Well anyway, if you're if you was then right at the start you might be in for a bit of money. Not mm-hmm. really not, but you might be. Uh let's go on to the the new FDA cleared Apple Watch band from a live cause cardio band adds now real-time EKG readings to your iWatch. I Apple Watch. iWatch, I can't believe Ooh. I called it that after so many years. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, da, 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 where is it? Unlike the Apple Watch optical heart rate technology, the cardio band uses finger or thumb to complete an electrical circuit via two metal contacts, one on your finger uh, and one that rests against your wrist, um, to, to get a good EKG reading. Christ, what's the matter with me? Unfortunately, this doesn't work with the... Apple Watch Series 0. The spot EKG reading takes 30 seconds. It's designed to measure when stationary, not active. A course cardia app tracks heart rate continuously with the Apple Watch's sensors and then pings you to take an extra EKG reading when your heart rate seems out of place with where your activity and previous history would indicate. Using what a course says is AI that learns over time. So mm-hmm. it's basically watching what you've done in the past, so it's comparing it to how it is now. Uh, The $200 band also requires a $99 a year subscription service to use Apple's apps. The apps sharing feature, cloud storage, and incorporation of weight and blood pressure measurements. So Apple have said that they don't particularly want the watch to become a medical diagnostic tool more than a monitoring tool, rather than you know actually saying this ain't wrong. It's right. It's going to rely on other things yeah. that you can add to the watch which have to go through fda clearance in america anyway so this is the start as far as i know as i say this is the first one now i've seen one of these in action actually when i went to the wearable show uh uh-huh. last last year i think it was they only they had the model it wasn't actually working but they had the little pad that you could put on the desk and you put your two your two fingers on and it does an ekg reading and and dr richard harkness was using it in front of me and it mm. seemed okay it seemed fine it was um like I say, they had the demo model there, as far as I can recall, but it wasn't ready for to be worn or yeah. anything like that. But it's good. I mean, again, this is another thing that people uh, on the latest um, iPhone release, when they were doing the watch stuff, they did say about the, the watch helped them discover that their heart was going through a regular activity at the time, and it gave them enough heads up to get to a doctor or an emergency service,
1: uh, and they were saved. Mm. See, it also requires a subscription as well, though. So it's $200 <laughs> to buy the thing, and then 99 99- Dollars a year to subscribe to the service i assume that's for each person as well not so because i yes. was starting to think this would be a few of these would be owned by doctor surgeries or hospitals and they would be given out to patients that need them you know wear this for a week and come back and see me or that or something like that but if they have to be have a subscription that would be to the user wouldn't it so sounds like it's a, pri- a private device
0: well hang on this it is america so obviously oh yeah <laughs> same thing <laughs> <so sheesh. laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. No free healthcare um, for
1: them. So know. how does it work then? I'm, I'm having trouble um, picturing this. So why is it a band? Um, has it got like sort of a fingerprint and a thumbprint on the band and you have to touch it with the other hand or something? Or?
0: Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Got you. Yeah, so one's, one's on the inside connecting to your to your wrist and then you put your finger on this little... Silver pad or your thumb, and then it takes a, a proper EKG reading, right? Okay, or in-depth one. Mm. Um, and it launches alongside Apple and Stanford are launching a joint study to research irregular heart rhythms within using. Sorry, the Apple Watch. The study is open to anyone in the United States with an Apple Watch Series One or later uh, who is at least twenty-two years old. The apparent reason it's only US currently is because they are giving free consultation and an ECG per mail. What? As part of the study, if, you, if an irregular heart rhythm is identified, participants will receive a notification on their Apple Watch or iPhone and a free consultation with a study doctor, an electrocardiogram patch for additional monitoring. So if it detects something's wrong, you'll get a call from one, uh, some doctor on the study itself and they're going to issue you an ECG patch so they can monitor you in addition. So again, that is them giving you something. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's only a study. They're not actually going to fix you. They're just studying to find the information yeah. at the moment.
1: That's brilliant, though, isn't it? Because everything starts from research like that, and it, yeah. research at this sort of scale just hasn't been possible before. I mean, you know, typical medical research studies are, are just counted in hundreds of uh, patients, whereas this is going to be thousands, even tens of thousands of patients ultimately. So, it'd be I bit-
0: I, I, yeah. I, mean, I guess I guess they're going to have limited resources as well, which is why they're limiting to the US at the moment. Mm. But uh, also, it's got to be approved, of course. And I think the America's FDA, strangely enough, is the first one to approve it, so so they can keep an eye on what's going on. But it's it's a bit, I don't let like say I can't imagine they're going to have millions of people doing this.
2: But uh, no, I can see how this can be. Um, I can see how this can be very good for the future as well to have yeah. proactive health monitoring on you. Uh, rather than you no know, reactive, you know, going to the doctor when something's wrong. Go to some go to doctors when something is sensed that something's mildly wrong with you rather than mm-hmm. you know, your heart completely ticking over and <laughs> calling the uh, emergency app.
0: <laughs> We're all gonna become hypochondriacs at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, they did I think they did announce this. Back at WWDC, it was flashed upon the screen. So, yeah, yeah, this is the first step. They're going to do the US only currently, and and, and let's see how it goes. They're basically just gathering information. Apple's not actually part of it. They just designed the app, apparently. It's all done. All the information just goes to Stanford, no one else. So Mm. it's it's a study, uh, only a study at the moment, although you will get a call if they detect something wrong. Uh, and have to talk to a doctor.
2: I believe this is part of their um, open source health kit. Is it health kit? Yeah. Health kit framework. Yeah, where um, anyone can use that framework to tap into health data and basically sign people up to monitor specific health related things, which is uh, mm. really good.
0: And there've been a number of studies so far from various other, you know, mm. medical personnel. I don't think any of them have been in the UK, though. I've not seen any. Um, it all seems to be American based at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a conspiracy. They're trying to stay fit and make the rest of us all suffer. That's what it is. They're trying to... They're Trying to get rid of us. they got a lot of catching up yeah. to
2: do. <laughs> we'll give them this one. Oh, all. dear.
0: Um, TFL says it, was bringing, it is bringing 4G mobile coverage to the underground network uh, system by 2019, having quietly carried out a successful trial on the Waterloo and City line. Ironically, if this goes ahead, the tube will no longer be quiet in any shape, way or form. Uh, the trial culminated in a call being made on a journey between Waterloo and Bank using a mobile reception that didn't cut out once. Hmm. (laughs) That would be better than street level. (laughs) (laughs) For the trial, TFL had to lay new fibre cables within stations and tunnels, which it says will be crucial for other elements. Well, of course it will, of its connectivity strategy. TFL says it will wait until New Year to start before looking for a service provider, which will be tasked with delivering 4G mobile coverage on the tube from 2019. So, great. You can now no longer use the excuse, oh, sorry, I'm just getting on the
1: tube for a little
0: bit of peace and quiet.
1: <laughs> I wonder which um, which mobile company will get that contract though, because that makes a big difference as well, doesn't it? So you have to make make all these choices. Like if you want an Apple Watch um, with LTE, you've got to be e. on EE. Yeah. If you want to use your your phone down in the in the uh, the underground, then you've got to go to yeah. I don't know O2 or something like that. So it's a well, complex. it was Virgin and
0: yeah, Virgin. Uh, but EE works when I when I now go into the tube. I don't know what they've done. It's obviously got some deal. When yeah. I go into the tube, I used to have to log in and put in my Virgin details. Yeah. It's like they were down there but now i just get on the tube bing it starts working straight away as i pull into a station i have to wait about 10 seconds it logs onto the network you hammer out the quickest message in history before you get
2: into the tunnel again and you're off <laughs> it took me embarrassing and about a long time to realize that the wi-fi is only at tube stops i kept wondering why is the wi-fi cut out <laughs> then be at the next station and go, oh it's working now take off again oh, stop working now. <laughs>
0: so send a radar alert dear yeah. apple
2: <laughs> I thought there was a uh, Wi-Fi on the tube and not just the tube station. I don't
0: know. No,
2: no. wishful thinking.
0: I tell you what I do is I don't know. I don't know if anyone else tries this, but I, I so I do. A, obviously, I'm, I do a lot of driving as part of my job, and I'm hammering down the M4. And there'll be buses going from Oxford to to wherever, London. And they always say Wi-Fi on board. So I try and get close to them as I pass them to see if I can log on to their Wi-Fi. I've not managed it yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like
1: a Mission Impossible scene where I try
0: try to get close. Quick, quick, one bar, two bar. No, it's not
1: working. I had a similar thing the other day. I was in a town and I was sitting on a bench on a sandwich and I was using... um, 4g it would have been, yeah just to do a bit of email that kind of thing and a bus came past me and parked in the traffic just stopped next to me and it interfered i got the um the splash screen the interstitial screen that said yeah log on to uh, this bus company's <laughs> wave i think like, go away i don't want you and that would have happened like every every couple of minutes as a bus passes <laughs> oh well
0: well the ones i pass are better protected than that oh well okay well gentlemen i hate to tell this to i hate to say this to you but christmas is coming closer it's almost here just like winter so, I thought rather well, than leaving it to the last moment, what we do is we do some suggested gift ideas for our dear listeners out there, just in case they're struggling <laughs> like I am. Uh, so, I think we're going to have, we're going to just let's get in a festive spirit, shall we? Oh, yeah. Don't worry, I'm not doing karaoke. You're quite safe. So we've got to do three categories. We've got to do money is no object where we can basically list anything we want. We can do a sensible gift which is a more realistic gift and then we can do stocking stuffers. So we each got one, we got one each that we can list here uh, just to see what you might want to get people for Christmas. If you're a bit stuck... So let's start off with the money is no object one. Alan, do you want to go first? Tell us what you come up with.
1: <laughs> okay, I took you. Uh, I took you at face value on this one. If money was no, yeah, object, I'd like to see you get this. <laughs> I would. Uh, I would buy uh, an iMac Pro, assuming it does come out before Christmas. I believe they they started about five, just under five grand. I think they said they was going to start at, and it'll go up to who knows what eight, nine, ten grand. I imagine. So yeah, five grand for a ba- for a base model.
0: Oh come on! I think you've got to go higher than that. <laughs> base model will be okay.
1: I only want it for the for the graphite uh, or what's it called the uh, space grey finish, <laughs> and I also want to be the fastest. Uh, Safari browser and Twitter scroller in the world <laughs>
0: with root access yeah yeah.
1: but there's been no no uh, news on that at all has it? it's another thing they've gone quiet on but they haven't but they've come not out with a press release it. no they haven't come out like they did with the HomePod and said it's not going to happen so we can assume it is going to happen
0: <laughs> nice nice well if you can get hold of one of them and money is no object there you go <laughs> well Alan that's what Alan would get you <laughs> he's very kind like that <laughs> knowing him he'd find a he'd find a deal
2: yeah exactly but, <laughs> uh dean what did you have for us yeah um continuing a theme from one of my favorite devices this year was the apple tv 4k i would this is something that i'd really like is the lg oled hdr tv it's about 2500 pounds for the 65 inch model which would look absolutely absurd in my living room but (laughs) i'd Find a way to talk my wife into let me have it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, this is a gorgeous these are gorgeous sets, these.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Could just pitch. I'm I'm planning.
0: I'm planning for next year. I don't know how, but
2: (laughs) It's got a Dolby Vision built in, a Dolby a Sound, so it can pinpoint a sound anywhere in your room. It just sounds completely amazing. And I've seen one in the store, and it just looks great. I'd love to see some Apple, the iTunes content on it, the 4K HDR content on this TV. Yeah,
0: annoyingly, that's what's pushing me towards getting one of these next year. <laughs> Damn it. So so I can watch a £4 film on a £1,600 set. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. It's lucky I'm not married. I'd be in serious trouble. Uh, uh my pick, my pick, as I I got one myself this year, is a 27-inch iMac 5K uh, machine. These start at 1,750 quid and they go up to about three grand. This, what can I say? I love this machine in front of me. I've not had an issue with it as yet. Or I should hope not on the money I paid for it. But uh it is gorgeous, the screen's gorgeous, the, the power behind it is gorgeous. I've I've loaded up old games that I bought that sort of struggled a little bit on my old iMac. They just even though for some reason the auto detect. You know, when you put auto detect graphics, it still puts it fairly low, and I'm thinking. the First time I did, I thought, "Oh, what's that about?" But then I manually pumped them up to the top, and it it still it glides along. So I have no idea what what that's what's going on there. But now it's fantastic. I can edit movies and do everything really quickly. I can. <laughs> all the processing I power i need to put out a show <laughs> you know all the all this all this power and, and bandwidth i need to produce a 50 meg show i mean oh this does it lightning fast i must say <laughs> but no it's a really nice machine if you've got the money to spend and you want to give it to a loved one it's a, it's a great machine so let's move on to our sensible gift now so this is the thing that you're probably likely to get someone if, if you've got
1: the cash lying around
0: Alan, do you want to go first again?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about, yeah, realistic gifts that I am considering for Christmas for like various members of the family. And I talked before about Prime, a Prime subscription being a potential one. But I think what I would probably end up with now, haven't experienced it myself for a couple of months, is um, a set of AirPods for anyone in my family that's got um, an iPhone, I think. I think that would transform their use of those uh, devices because AirPods are just brilliant, brilliant things. Best Apple-designed device all year, I think, or for the past couple of years. So I'm getting so much enjoyment out of mine. I think anyone who owns them would would be delighted with them. Mm. They're about £159 list price, but you can routinely get them discounted now. I mean, I've seen a lot of offers where they're 20% off, so you get them for about 127, something like that. That's what I did for mine. And I think near Christmas, they might even drop drop even uh, lower than that
0: yeah and you can actually get them now this yeah Christmas. you can yeah exactly can
1: just by walking to many high street shops and see them
0: yeah. no they are they are wonderful items i gotta say uh transformative on some levels i gotta say they yeah. are fantastic especially with actually met actually allow siri to work as well yeah properly yeah, exactly which is a nice nice thing uh dean what have you got for uh, your sensible gift
2: yeah a sensible gift i'm not sure how sensible it is but it's uh <laughs> well, we
0: know you so yeah.
2: <laughs> sensible in my eyes is the nintendo switch which is nintendo's new games console came out in march this year and it's got lots of great games if you're into video games it's got lots of great fun games on it. The new Zelda game, the new Mario game. Um I've just bought a new one yesterday for called Xenoblade, which is a action adventure role-playing game. Um they're just really knocking it out of the park. It's you can play it on your TV, you can use it as a handheld device. I use it a lot while travelling. It's just a really good games console. And I think it's gonna be quite a big seller this year. It's around 270 to 350, depending on if you get a bundle and games included and whatnot.
1: Do you use yours um, handheld or do you plug it into your
2: telly? 90% handheld. Yeah. Because I don't really. Yeah. Uh, I use it heavily, <laughs> <laughs> Ten percent plugged into the tele. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah! It's what it's funny. I, I come from situation. I come from a generation where Nintendo wasn't the thing. Um, I know everybody young, slightly younger than me, raves about Nintendo, but to me, it was Atari and stuff. I I, I, <laughs> I just miss the Nintendo, but I don't. I don't get the appeal. I don't get the, car- the characters or anything. It's weird.
1: Oh, I do like <laughs> the, uh, the Zelda franchise. It's brilliant, and, and Mario, obviously, and also um, what's the uh, what's that female? space woman that's stranded on a planet metroid oh, metroid yeah, Metroid. i so think
2: there's a there's one them in production for this as well which is due out next oh, year or fantastic. a year later
0: good stuff good stuff uh my one is uh the bog standard alexa uh however oh she's turned on <laughs> alexa stop i've got to be careful. all right my bog standard is the echo <laughs> yes <laughs> um So I would suggest, however, also getting it with a Prime or Spotify account so you can actually listen to music through it as well, because if that's your main job. But even if you don't go for the music aspect, if you just want to have people link it up with the skills and notifications and timers and God knows what else, it does add an interesting insight into um, the voice interface. It's not perfect, but then nothing is perfect in this field currently. Everybody's Mm -hmm. trying to... Get into this market and and make it bigger and more receptive to, to our voices. But it's definitely it does definitely feel the furthest along because of the technology built into this thing. Yeah. Um, and if you've got Internet of Things, you can variably find ways of controlling various things through various interfaces. Uh, and it, it's it's, for, for sl- it's definitely for the slightly older generation. They can instantly identify how to use this thing and get it to do things. And now with things like Messenger built into it, it could be. A fairly decent communication device as well if you want to get in touch with parents and stuff. Um, and with the latest additions, I'm not sure if we're getting it in this country yet, but w- there's, there's uh, an Echo add-on device for that so you can add to a landline, and then yeah. it will feed the landline audio to the Echo, and you can just have a conversation. And it just sounds perfect for me, for the older generation as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really, a really good device. They're even um, they they're offering it with uh, things like uh, Internet of Things bundles, aren't they? So you can buy the big yeah. the big Echo. I think comes with a, a Philips Hue switch, so you can get an idea how that works. And uh, I think you can get the ordinary Echo like you're talking about here bundled with um, a TP-Link uh, mains plug as well. So they're obviously mm. trying to convince people how transformative it can be in your home just to start controlling ordinary devices. That's that
0: so the, the basic Echo is about 90 quid uh, the subscriptions for Prime or Spotify 8 quid for Prime I think it is a month and, and basically a tenner for Spotify but they have deals where they have so many months you can have for free and things like this anyway yeah. uh, if you don't want to go to full on with the uh, the Echo you can always go with the Dot which is about 40 quid at the moment Yeah, it does pretty much the same thing but doesn't sound as good yeah. alright and then to the last section the stocking stuffers so this is the ones where you've forgotten and you've got to rush out and get something for someone because they're turning up to your Christmas party and you completely forgot about them but don't (laughs) let them know that we'll we'll keep that secret
1: okay just between us here (laughs) uh alan well i'm gonna go from um apple's best design product ever the airpods to their worst design product ever which is the uh, (laughs) apple tv for remote control (laughs) stupid symmetrical black thing that i keep picking up (laughs) backwards and (laughs) scrubbing when i don't want to scrub and all those things It's so annoying but of course you can buy these little um cases for them can't you little silicon cases uh with a strap at, at one end so you instantly know which end is which and you can get all sorts of different types on amazon they're all about a fiver all a total bargain actually so at the moment i keep mine uh, slipped into um an old ipod sock like i talked about a few weeks ago and that's remarkably good <laughs> as a solution actually because i know it it's always um touch touch surface is deep in the sock and the bit you're supposed to grip is the bit that sticks out the sock so i know where i am but Better than that would be one of these little silicon cases with a strap hanging off it for my Apple or for anyone's Apple TV four remote control. Turn the worst design remote ever into a, at least a, a serviceable thing.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. You got also, you got got another pick there as well, a virtual one.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about if um if it was something that wasn't physical to go into kind of stock it, if it was something you just like email somebody at the last minute. Then there's obviously you know uh, you can buy gifts off of the stores, can't you? The various app stores and uh, w- one of the ios app game actually that i've used most since i bought it i really love the thing it's a game called carcassonne or i think, I think that's how you pronounce it anyway C A R C A S S O N E, and it's um it's an uh, an iOS version of a board game, which is one of, one of the best board games you can get. The board game itself costs 30 quid or so, something like that, 30 40 quid. It's quite an expensive game. Um, but the iOS version is perfect. It's just so uh, similar to the the actual physical board game, but it's got the benefit that you can play it on your own because the computer will offer up opponents for you. It's a, it's a really nice game it's one of these ones where you you've got little p- square pieces and you gradually place them onto the table to build up a map of a region of france i think it is called Carcassonne. and as you lay your tiles down and you make this map you have to um, it's like a domino'es or jigsaw where, where adjacent peaches Pieces have to match. So you have to extend a road or extend a a river or build a castle or or the perimeter of a castle or uh, all sorts of things you can build. And as you lay these pieces, you've got these eight little people called meeples that you can place on your card to own it. So you can say, I own this road and you get points for it when the road gets complete. Or you can say, I own this castle. And gradually, Um, you know, you you build up, you either own fields, castles, monasteries, all all sorts of things, and at the end of the game, you tot up all the points, and often it's surprising who's won. It's like a strategy game. It's only, um, I don't know, five or six quid, something like that, on iOS, and it's a really, really brilliant game. Ten quid. Oh, ten quid, okay. It's gone up since I bought it, but it's well worth it. I I use it a lot. I, I really, it's engrossing. Each game's takes about half an hour something like that and there's about seven or eight opponents you can pick to play against some of whom are stronger than others but
0: it's a really really good game okay and, and do we need to ask do you often end up playing on your own Alan? is this <laughs> something you want to talk about Billy no mates <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for that Dean what have you got for us sir
2: I've got um, the best thing I can think of is the doc that I mentioned right at the start of the show which is the is this because we're getting down into the
0: low low prices now and you don't really live here <laughs>
2: I was just thinking, well, what have I bought for like, you know, under twenty pounds in the past few I weeks? Say,
0: well, oh, what have I? What <laughs> have I gone? When have I just thrown twenty quid away? Let me think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what's techier in that sort of region? Because I try to stay away from that budget electronics because they can be quite hit low up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll, I've mentioned this Senio SWC2 wireless charger stand, which my favourite feature of it is got no writing on it. It's just completely black there's no branding or logo which bugs me um and like i mentioned it just charges your phone if you know someone's got the new iphone 8 8 plus 10 this is great you can just put your phone in portrait or landscape it will just charge it's just nice to have on a desk it's um at the perfect angle where i can just tap it look at it and it unlocks and shows me all my notifications which was a big um thing i was worried about would it recognize me or not um yeah it's just great and seamless technology i'm mm. quite a big fan of wireless now it's converted me yeah with the iphone 10 you, you need it to be upright like this don't you for face id to work so
1: it's kind of surprising yeah. that apple's own um what's it called air power thing that they're going to produce it's just going to be a flat pad isn't it so presumably designed yeah. for like nighttime use on your next to your bed or something but something like you're talking about here dean seems perfect mm. for on your desk convenience
2: yeah i would have thought as well with the um the air pad that they're bringing out with the Apple Watch that has that nighttime bedstand mode, where it just shows you the time, that would be ideal to have standing upright, but also charging. Mm. Yeah, uh, which unfortunately doesn't.
0: The only thing that concerns me a bit about these Qi chargers is some of them say fast wireless charging, and some don't. So I, I'm always, because having in the past bought the wrong charger for my, one of my, my iPads that I plugged in and it basically didn't even give it a tick, a trickle charge. It was like, literally I was, had it plugged in using it and it still went down in power because it was not producing. So i just be, you know, just be aware that there are different. Charging levels, and that's normally related
2: to price as well. So, yeah, Yeah, keep an eye out for that. The maximum the iPhone does is 7.5 watts. I think the maximum, yeah, after today's update, and the maximum any phone does is 15 watts, I believe. Okay, cool, cool, cool.
0: Uh, my my stocking stuffers is you might be surprised to hear is iTunes gift cards. Now, you can either buy these from retail stores or get or offer them virtually as well. This is. Often the thing, if anyone ever says to me, what can I get you? I never know what to get you. Uh, I just say iTunes gift cards, please, because it gives me a wide range of things to spend it on, be it music, subscription services, Mm -hmm. applications on Mac and iOS, and obviously movies and and TV shows and stuff. So that is normally around Christmas, I get uh, several iTunes uh, gift cards, and they're always handy, and they just stay there in, in your account until you use them up. And it takes me sometimes a long time to use them up or sometimes I do it in a day (laughs) if I want to buy an expensive app. But they're always good. And like I say, you can either go out to a a garage or Tesco's or somewhere and pick them up. Sometimes they'll have deals where if you buy, say, what, 100 quid's worth of of iTunes cards, it'll it'll cost you 80 quid. But if there is, you have to keep an eye out for them. Or if it's last minute and they're literally walking down the garden path, you can send them one virtually as well from, from iTunes. Dead simple dead easy they can purchase use it anywhere if they're an apple user in any shape way or form and that's it that's our little christmas ideas um when i post this episode on the facebook group if you want to if you want to add any of your own to discussion feel free to do so it's always handy that we can give each other ideas on, on what to buy our beloved um, family members and friends over Christmas because it gets a bit stressful some people never know what to get people and I never like asking people because it sounds like you don't care, oh, What do you want for Christmas because I can't be bothered of working out <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, never, I tend never to ask that question Um, So that's pretty much it. I was going to do a rumour section, but since we covered that at the start with the Amazon app, we don't need to do that. So I guess all that's left is to find out where we can get hold of everybody. Alan, where can we get hold of you this week other than in your room crying silently to yourself?
1: (laughs) Yeah, just on uh, Twitter, where I'm called Storm Gorelli. Good
0: stuff. And Dean, Dean, before you go jet-setting off around the planet yet again... (laughs) (laughs) Where can we get hold of you?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Crafty Dino or my app, Crystal Adblock, um, on the App Store, which is great for Christmas because it removes all the annoying adverts that keep getting advertised everywhere exactly exactly.
0: Because <laughs> stuff uh, my name's Carl Madden you can get hold of me on Twitter at claw0101 you can get hold of the show if you so wish at Mac and Forth you can email us Forth at gmail.com as, you, as I say you can find us over on Facebook uh, join our group over there it's a closed group so if you just send an invite I'll let you in straight away uh, and you can have a little discussion over there it's quite good actually you can post some good stories and get some good interactions going uh, or we also have a Facebook uh, sorry a Facebook page Page as well on google plus too mustn't forget google plus even though everybody else has <laughs> so that's pretty much it until next week next week we hope to have a couple of guests on as well uh, just to, to mix things up a bit and, and get an insight from over that side of the atlantic you know those guys over there i hear there's a few of them alan have you heard this oh yeah there's a few on that of them continent yeah yeah okay well we'll we'll see what they think of some of the stories that come up during the week so until next time stay safe everybody and be nice to each other bye 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 bye